I love you. Woo. Oh, my, 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 yeah. Woo, woo. Come on, we, we just going to go right into the Word. Uh, I said, we're just going to go right into the Word. Hallelujah. I told you the Lord is in this place. You see, notice what I'm saying. It's not the building he's filling. It's you. I said, it's you. Come on. Come on. I got to stop. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise God. Hallelujah. God, you're so good. Come on, God, you're so good. How we love you today, God. How we bless your name, oh God. You're worthy of the praise. Worthy of the adoration. God, you're good all the time. All the time. You are good, oh God. Oh God, thank you. Thank you for your love toward us, oh God. Thank you for your mercy toward us, oh God. Thank you for keeping us, oh God. In spite of our circumstances, in spite of our situations, God, God, you kept us, oh God. And God, we are grateful. We are grateful. Come on, we are grateful. Because can't nobody do us like Jesus, right? Can't nobody do us like the Lord, amen. Oh God, I just thank God. I just feel like somebody wants to dance up in here. Y'all just wait to dance. Y'all just wait. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise God. He is good. He is good. Thank you, God. That's all right. God, I love you. God, I'll show you. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Yes, God. God, I love you. Miracles all around. Miracles all around. Miracles all around. I said miracles all around us. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Oh, my God. When I look over there at the Pharaoh, I'm about to make, make me want to run. I'm looking at the Pharaoh. He just, come on. Some things y'all don't even have, know yet what's been going on in this house. But God's been blessing. Bringing people out of pits, bringing people out of pits that's been holding them for years, and they're standing here this morning, clapping their hands, come on, giving God the glory, there's no chains that can hold us, see I said there's no chains that can hold us, he breaks every chain, come on, I said he breaks every chain, so glad I can trust in the Lord. You know what? We're just going to go right into this. Amen. I need my glasses. Didn't expect that real. They're right here. Oh, okay. Come on. Nobody move. Everybody sit down. Let's go. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's get this. Today, God is saying trust is a must. Trust is a must. Trust is a must. Trust is a must. I said, trust is a must. When dealing with God, trust is a must. I've watched many of you come up this morning, and in my heart, there's some of you have, are even right now in some things 
that you need to trust God. There's no other way out of that situation but that you would trust God. And God told me to tell you this morning, trust is a must. There's no other answer. There's no other way but to trust in God. In Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8, it says, Most blessed is the man who believes in, trusts in, and relies on the Lord, and whose hope and confidence the Lord is. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river, and it shall not see and fear when heat comes. When heat comes. How many got some heat coming in your life? Heat means trouble, okay? How many got some heat going on right now? It says if you trust in the Lord, it says you shall not see and fear when heat comes. But its leaf shall be green, even in the troubled time. Its leaf shall be green, and it shall not be anxious and full of care in the year of drought, nor shall it cease yielding fruit. That excites me, that even in the troubling time, I can yield fruit. Come on. Even when it seems like there's no water nowhere, I can yield fruit if I would just trust in God. And it lets me know this morning I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to be full of care. Because what did God say? Cast all my care upon him because he cares for me. Because he cares for me. Somebody needs to say this morning, God cares for me. Devil, I don't care what you try to do, how you try to come against me. God cares for me. And if God cares for me, what? Everything is going to be all right. Come on. If God cares for me. In Proverbs 3 and 5, it says, lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart. Not some of your heart. With all of your heart, your mind, and do not rely on. Oh, somebody trust is a must this morning. Do not rely on your own understanding. Do not rely on how you see it. Do not rely on how you can fix it. Do not rely on anything in and of yourself. You must trust in God. In Proverbs 28 and 26, He who leans on, trusts in, and is confident of his own mind and heart is a self-confident fool. God is saying if you are confident in what you think you can do and what you think you know, you're a self-confident fool. But he who walks in skillful and godly wisdom shall be, shall be, shall be, no doubt about it, shall be. Come on, trust is a must. It means no doubt about it, shall be. I don't care where you are in your situation. God says through godly wisdom you shall be delivered. Somebody should get happy about that this morning. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. No matter how it looks, I'm coming out. In Psalms 84 and 12, it says, O Lord of hosts, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied, is the man who trusts in you, leaning and believing on you, committing all, committing all, committing all, not holding back anything, committing all and confidently looking to you, and that without fear or misgiving. You guys get that ending part? That without fear. Fear is the thing that stops us from trusting in God. And misgiving. It says that without fear. I want to read something to you. Sometimes we're like this. And it's kind of, okay, think about this. But sometimes we're like this. A man slid over the side of a cliff 
and was able to grab a branch of the la- at the last second. He hung dangling over the pre- precipice, hundreds of feet from the ground below. He screamed out with a loud voice, Help me, somebody! Help me! A voice came out of the sky, Do you believe that I can help you? The man responded, Yes, I believe! Please, help me! The voice came out of the sky again, Do you believe that I have the power to help you? Yes! I believe! I believe! Come on! Please, help me! Do you believe I love you enough to help you? Yes! I know you love me! Please, just come on! Help me! Because you believe, I will help you. Now let go. After a brief silence, the man said, Is there anybody else up there? Sometimes we're like that. It sounds funny, but in our daily lives, sometimes we're saying, Help me, God! Help me, God! Help me, God! Do you believe I help you? Yes! Help me, God! Help me, God! But when he tells us to do that certain thing that we don't want to do, we go, Wait a minute. Can I talk to somebody else? Because our trust is a must that when he says, let go, we let go. And because sometimes we don't let go, we don't get to see the bigness of God. Come on. We don't see how he'll catch us when we fall because we won't let go. You know, I was thinking about Abraham and um, how it says Abraham um, in Romans 4 and 20, it says, he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. See, what Abraham did, he rejected unbelief. And he remained faithful, trusting and being confident in God. It was, Abraham was past the time for having any children. And God promises Abraham to have a son. And it says he had to reject this unbelief that passed my impotent body, Past the time of having children, it said he did not stagger. He did not stagger from the promises of God. Stagger means to make use of our own judgments and rationale in discerning things. It means that I'm thinking about, my, through my own judgment, how is this going to happen? Okay? Stagger at the promises is to take in consideration the promise, thinking of all the difficulties that lie in the way of its being accomplished. And it says, but he did not stagger. He didn't start thinking about, how's that going to happen? I'm an old man. What's going to happen? He did not stagger. He just heard what God said and believed what God said. Something this morning, I'm telling you, some of you that are looking in my face right now, God said, do not stagger at his promises. That God is saying that what he said in his word, he will do exactly what he said he will do things that's going on in your life God said do not stagger what he said you'll be like a tree that a tree a tree a tree a tree don't just jump around jump around because it's scared a tree stands right there with his roots growing deep toward the water so that it has strength and God is telling you this morning do not stagger no matter what it looks like no matter what you hear in your ears no matter what you see in your eyes no matter what you Feel in your spirit. God says, do not stagger, but stand unwaveringly. God wants to bring somebody out of winter at the finishing line. 
God wants to bring some testimonies in this house and in the world that says we serve a mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. If we can do it, then we don't need God. And so God allows things in our lives that we can't touch, fix, do anything about. So at the end of the day, we say, I serve a mighty God. And God is saying, be not, be not dismayed, be not frightened, be, be not discouraged. This morning, God's got it. Trust is a must, though. Trust is a must. One of the things the enemy attacks us with is making us believe that, that, that the Father doesn't want to give us good things. That makes us believe that he's punishing us, and that's why I'm going through this, and that's why I'm... God loves you. I don't know how many times from the pulpit. He absolutely loves you. He died for you. He went to the cross for you. Now, look at the opposite, and this was so, so awesome to me, was the opposite of, of Abraham um, yesterday in the... Um, in our leaders class, Vicky bought this out and it hit my spirit just like bam. The opposite of Abraham, let's go to what happens with Sarah when Sarah finds out. In Genesis 18, starting at the 10th verse, it says this. These two, two, um, two men come to talk to Abraham, two angels, and they said, we'll start at the 9th verse, and they said unto him, where is Sarah, thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, talking about the angel, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I have a shorty bear a child when I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee, according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. <laughs> then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Now this hit my spirit because, see, Sarah didn't laugh out loud. Sarah laughed within herself. And she didn't think nobody heard her. But the Lord heard her. And I want you to understand that sometimes God tells us something, a word comes to us, and within ourselves we go, within ourselves we go, not me. What? We don't say it out loud. Out loud we, out loud we may be looking up into the, the prophet's face or the speaker's face or the encourager's face, and we're going, But on the inside, we're like, <laughs> right. Understanding this is, I'm trying to get you to understand that God wants you to trust him with all yourself. Not just your outside man that looks like it's trusting God, but he knows the inside man that has already canceled out the promise, canceled out whatever God has said by your doubt. And I'm telling you this morning, God wants you to trust him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, that when God speaks into your life, it's a yes. 
Yes. Yes. God, you said it. I believe it. And that settles it. God, you said it. I believe it. And that settles it. Because we don't realize God says, I told you that. And sometimes we're like, why didn't it come? Because remember, from this point on that Sarah laughed, what Sarah did afterwards, because there was doubt in her mind, Sarah produced an Ishmael. Because she really did not receive what God had promised her. She really did not receive the promise with full faith. So after the time went long, because already in her spirit there was like, you know, how's this going to happen? How's going to have a baby and we both old? And she laughed. Now she looks at the length of time and she begins to say within her, herself, well, you know what, We're not, this ain't coming to pass. So she makes her own way. You guys, don't make your Ishmael. You will never be satisfied with your Ishmael because your Ishmael is not the promise of God. It's not what God promised you. And if anything, your Ishmael is going to do, it may look good for a season, but it's going to frustrate you. Okay? And so God is telling you, don't you make a substitute out of what he's told you to do. What he says you can have, you stand on that till it comes. Don't you look for another way out. That's what sometimes because we don't trust him all the way, then we look for another way out. Sometimes it seems like it's too long. Remember, a delay does not mean that God is not going to do what he said he's going to do. That, that's a delay is not a denial. It is about God putting everything into order, even you, even you, even you. Sometimes the promise still demands that God gets you in order for the promise. A lot of times, we, if God gave us the promise right when he, when he said the promise, we would, we would misuse the promise. The promise would not grow with us because we're not maturing enough to handle the promise. And so what God did was he let some time go. See, faith is about, see, sometimes what do we do? Faith is about letting some time go. Because <laughs> if every time we ask God for something, it went like Alakabam, come on, that wouldn't be faith. Faith is letting some time go to see, because all of us say, I got faith, I got faith, I got trust, I got trust, until a week goes by. <laughs> a month goes by. Years go by. That's when God wants, he, he knows our mouth speaks great things. Come on. He knows our mouth speaks great. Look at Peter. I will not, I will not deny you. I surely will not deny you. I surely won't. I, Father, I will not. And he's looking right at Peter knowing, Peter, you don't know the cost of what you just said. You don't really know what's coming. You, I know that flesh. You don't know that flesh. And sometimes we're saying these things, God, I trust you. I trust. We don't know what's around the corner. We don't know what's coming up. Everything looks good today while I'm saying I'm trusting you. My husband's doing good. My kids are doing good. My finances is all right. Everything, I trust you, God. I trust you. But we don't know the devastation around the corner. We don't know about losing the job, husband walking away. We don't know. We don't anticipate none of that. So when any of those things happen, God is saying, do you trust me? Because God really wants trust. God is searching for people that will have faith in him. You know, some of us, there's a statement that we go around saying, I'll fake it till I make it. God doesn't want us faking it till we make it. God says, face it till you make it. Face it till you make it, not fake it till you make it. 
face it till you make it. It's dead on facing it. Because when we fake it, it'll show up. It's going to show up. I don't care how much you fake. It's going to show up. But when you face it, it says, I, I know you see that everything's not going on in my life. I know you see that I'm sick in my body. I know that you might see that, that my marriage is not. But I know you do see that my faith and trust is dead on in God. See, it's not you walking out acting like everything's okay and my, everything's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And you're just faking it because that'll only last so long. Fake won't hold you up. Fake won't keep you. The longer it, the longer the trial, fake will not keep you. Because pretty soon you're gonna come out, come out of that hurt and out of that pain, and and that fake it right there is gonna show up and it's gonna come against your faith. But God wants you to have faith in God. So some of our biggest messes is trying to do something for God that we're convinced that He can't do. That's some of our biggest messes is trying to do something for God. We're saying, you know what? Okay, I've been praying and I've been praying and I've been praying. God, you, you told me to stay right here. You, you, you told me to stay right here. Not, but what do I do? After a long, a, a long list of time, God must not going to do it. And he needs my help. God doesn't need your help. He doesn't need, he's God all by himself. And he doesn't need our help. And whatever he tells us to do, the only thing that he needs from us is obedience. But he doesn't need us to concoct a plan that, that super, tries to supersede his plan. And all we do is bring more what? Mess into our lives. We don't, so much of anxiety is thinking that God is not working on our behalf. That's the enemy's design, is to make us think for one moment that God is not working on our behalf. In, in uh, Proverbs 30 and 5, we want to why we should trust and have confidence. What's our trust and confidence grounded in? Okay, first I'm going to start with faithfulness. I'm sorry, Numbers 23 and 19. We must believe in God's character. We must believe in God's character. If I don't believe in God's character, then I'm not going to trust God. Come on. We must believe. And what does the word say about his character? In Numbers 23 and 19, I love this. It says, we, how many lies? How many lie? Look at that. We are, how many lie? Are y'all scared to raise y'all's hands up? Come on. How many lie? Okay. All the all the delivered liars that you don't lie no more anymore. How many have ever lied? Okay. Okay. All right. I was about to say what? Okay. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get a point across, okay? How many have ever been lied to? How many have ever been lied on? How many hate lying? But how many still lie? No. Okay, come on. <laughs> okay. Okay, but this is, the, this is the blessed point about all that lying stuff, okay? In Numbers 23 and, 19, 23 and 19, it says this. God is not a man that he should tell or act a lie. Aren't you glad about that? Neither the son of man that he should feel repentance or compunction for what he has promised. Has he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? 
Aren't you excited about that? That we've been lied to, we've lied, but God is not a man that he should lie. That whatever God says, that's what God is going to do. That gives us confidence to know that whatever God says, that's... Don't they give you confidence this morning? See, sometimes we equate God like man. Man has lied to us. Man, man has been distrustful to us. But God wants you to know him according to his might and not according to man's. And in the word of God, he says, I'm a God that cannot. He didn't say, will not. I cannot lie. Wow. I cannot lie. His very essence. He's not a liar. And he said, he will not go back on those things that he has promised. Whatever he's promised. It's ours. It says, have I not spoken and will I not do it? God says, answer that question. We need to answer that question. Have I not, God's saying that to you. Have I not spoken and shall I not do it? We've got to come to a place that we say, God, I know that you're going to do it. Trust is a must. You are God that cannot lie. So I don't care how long it's taking. I don't care if I don't see it right now. Trust is a must. I believe your word that says that you cannot lie. In Psalms 33 and 11, it says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the thoughts of his heart through all generations. It says through all. It didn't stop back there what God said. His promises didn't stop back in the Bible. But his promises are unto us today. Everybody should be happy about that. His promises are unto us today. They're to all generations. They're unto me when I go off this earth. I have confidence in knowing that the same promises that God has given me, he will give my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, because he's a God that cannot lie, that I can trust in him and my generations can trust in the same God. In 2 Timothy, it says, if we are faithless, 2 Timothy 2 and 13, It says, if we are faithless, if we do not believe and are untrue to him, think about this. You know how we are? If somebody is untrue to us and faithless to us, we'll count them all out. But it says this, that if we are faithless and we do not believe and are untrue to him, he remains true. Oh, that gives me confidence this morning. Despite me, God remains the same. He remains true and faithful to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. Oh, wow, I love that. In Hebrews 10, we're talking about God's faithfulness. This is what our confidence and trust can be grounded in, is his faithfulness. In Hebrews 10 and 23, it says, So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable. God is reliable. Oh, we need somebody to be reliable in our lives, don't we? He's reliable and he's sure and he's faithful to his word. This is who we're believing in, someone that's reliable, that's sure, that's faithful to their word. In Hebrews 10 and 23, in the message it says, So let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always, tell somebody, he always, he always keeps his word. Our confidence can be grounded in his word. Because in Proverbs, we're grounded in his faithfulness, and we're also grounded in his word. Because in Proverbs 30 and 5, it says, Every word of God is tried and purified. 
Every word of God is tried and purified. He is a shield to those who trust and take refuge in him. Still talking about his word. In Psalms 89 and 34, it says, My covenant will I not break or profane, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. Now, I don't know if we got that last part. Nor alter the thing. You know how somebody can say something, and then the next time they talk to you, they change it up a little bit? You know what I'm saying? They alter it. They say you can have something, and then they thought, got home and thought about what they said that you can have. And so the next time they come to you, they're changing that up. I mean, I didn't mean you can have it. You can use it. They're altering that word because they, there's something in their spirit. They, they can't stand on what they said. But God's saying right now, he doesn't alter his word. Whatever he said to us, he's not taken back from it. He's, not, he's, he's standing on it. What he said he would give us, that's what he's going to give us. What he said he would do for us, that's what he will do for us. And no matter how we've responded or no matter how we've acted, because I, I know of a time that if I was Jesus, I would have altered my word. And that's when I was going, healing people, and the next thing they were talking about, crucified, crucified. Come on. But he didn't alter his word. He came here to die for us, and no matter what we did, he didn't alter his word. He said, I love you with an everlasting love. He's never altered his word. Now, the enemy might have tried to mess with you with that word, but God said, I love you with an everlasting love. And he means exactly what he, what he means. It doesn't mean that if you're at the club dancing with five guys, God still loves you. See, I always go to great extremes. So that wherever you're at, you can say, God loves me. God loves you. He doesn't, if you woke up this morning, you cussed your wife out. He loves you. Somebody, people, you know, people get a little, ooh, with that, because somebody that's been cussed out don't want, want that one to know that they're loved. But God loves them. He absolutely loves them. He absolutely he loves your enemy. He loves your enemy. He loves your enemy. God loves your enemy, and he's telling you to love your enemy too. Because he absolutely, he will not alter the fact that God is love. And no matter what anybody does, God is still love. He doesn't alter. I love that. He does not alter his word. He does not go back on what he has said. Another place that we can ground our confidence is, is in his deliverance. In Psalms 27, 1 through 3, a psalm of David, the Lord, he tells David, says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom Can we just say that with confidence? Of whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? You know, when you really get confidence in God, there's just a whole other way you'll walk. There's just a whole other way you'll talk. There's just a whole other way that you'll look at things. No matter what comes up against me, I'm saying, whom shall I fear? Because God is the light and my salvation. He said, the Lord is my refuge and the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Why would I be afraid if I've God in my life? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came up to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me. Come on, sometimes we're scared of one encamping against us. But it says, though a host encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, even then, in this will I be confident. Trust is a must this morning, you guys. Trust is a must in our lives. It doesn't matter who's coming up against us. The Lord is my life. The Lord is my salvation. In Romans 8 and 32, 
in the A31 and 32, it says, What then shall we say to all this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who can be our foe if God is on our side? Come on, we didn't ask ourselves this morning. It's not the man that won't give you a job. It's not, come on, sometimes we look at, we say the enemy is worse. But if God is for us, who can be against us? It's not a problem. God opens the door that no man shuts. Remember this, we can't go through every door. Because every door is not a God door. Some doors will take us totally out. So God opens only his God door. And sometimes we think people are against us, but God has shut that door because of us, for our protection. Can y'all get that? Sometimes for our protection, he's shutting doors. And we'll say, oh, you know what, they don't like me. Oh, you know what, they don't want to hire me. Oh, you know what, this. We give up. No, don't. you don't give man that power. This word says, if God is on our side, who can be against us? Don't give man that. If God is, I've seen people go into a job that said no and then get home and that same job calls them back. If God is for you, who can be against you? Our confidence, trust. God knows. See, see, when we go someplace, when we go a job or we go anything, there's that one thing that I just told you. God knows when we say, I'm going in the power of the Lord, and within our heart we're saying, they're probably not going to hire me because I'm this, because I'm that, because I don't have this kind of degree, because I, I'm not skilled. See, in our heart we can be saying things that deny what our mouth is speaking. Do you understand what I'm saying? In our heart we can be canceling ourselves out talking about I'm going to get this job, but all the way that we're going there we're saying, you know, they're probably not going to hire me because I don't have this, I don't have this, I'm not the right color. I'm not. See, we're canceling out in our heart. We're, God said, you said, no, Lord, I, di- I didn't say that. And he goes, nay, you did say that. In your heart, you're saying that. That's not true faith right there. In Romans 8, uh, 31, 32, in the message, it says, so what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God, now listen, this is, this is the confidence. He said, if God didn't hesitate. To put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son. Is there anything else he wouldn't gladly do for us? What he's saying, if God looked at our condition and yet sent his son to die for us, our, our condition was bad, our position was one that deserved death, but he looked at our condition and beyond our condition, he still sent his son to die for us. He said, so what else want to give you? Trust is a must. He says, I've already showed you how far I would go for you. I already showed you how big and wide and deep my love is for you. He said, I've already showed you that I am on your side, that while you were yet a sinner, I was on your side. I've already showed you all this. He said, so why won't you trust me? Why, why do you make situations bigger than that situation? If there was a time that he could have wiped us out, come on. It would have been while we were yet sinners. But while we were yet sinners, he died for us. So everything else, he's saying, you know that I'm ready. I'm ready to give you and bless you in every other area. In Psalms uh, 27 and 3, again, it says, Though a host encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, in this I will be confident. You know, sometimes the enemy comes in like a flood. That's what it says, though a host. 
though a host encamp against trouble from here, there, everywhere. It just, the enemy comes in like a flood. But God said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, I will raise up a standard against it. Come on. I will raise. God said he can come from the north, the south, and the east, and the west. The enemy can come in like a flood. But God said, I will. See, and these are things that we should be speaking to the enemy when he comes in from the north. God is raising up a standard. God is, I don't, I don't care what it looks like. God is raising up a standard. I don't care what it feels like. God is raising up a standard. And we begin to walk in his word and not in our condition. Because many times we're walking in our condition instead of positioning ourselves. In, you got to position yourself in the word of God. That no matter what your circumstances are, your position is, is God, you're raising up a standard. And sometimes, you know what? Sometimes the standard is, just, is the word of God. See, sometimes we're looking for somebody to come help, come help, come help, come help, come give me, come give me. Sometimes it's the word of God. It's speaking to that mountain and say, be thou removed. Sometimes it's the very word of God that is the standard. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes God will allow people to come in, bless us, help us. But there is times, I remember when we think about David and David was so down. David, nobody came to David's help and David had to do what? He had to encourage himself. Come on, he had to encourage there was a standard. He had enough on board. See, but if you don't have enough on board, you can't encourage yourself. He had enough on board to be able to encourage himself. It says that, and I like how the message says this, when besieged, I'm calm as a baby. When all hell breaks loose, I'm collected and cold. Oh, wouldn't we love for that to be our testimony? When all hell breaks loose, I'm collected and cool. Let's, I want to say it again. When all hell breaks loose. I mean, sometimes we're just we're trying to even imagine it. When all hell breaks loose, I'm collected. That means that my mind is sure and confident in God, and I'm not irrational and ready to do something crazy to, to add more chaos to the storm. But I'm collected, and I'm cool, because God is on my side. I want to read this other story. There was a man whose wife was very ill. It was in the frontier days, and he had to get to a place that had medicine to save his wife's life. The only problem was that it was wintertime, and in order to get to the person with the medicine, he had to cross this lake. The lake had been iced over. His wife's life depended upon him crossing this lake. So he had to get up and cross the cold lake that had, ne- that had now been covered with ice. He was terrified. He was concerned that the ice would break. Scared to death, but spurred on by love for his wife, he got down on his hands and knees and inched along ever so carefully. All of a sudden, he felt a rumbling on the ice. He was even more terrified. Maybe the ice was cracking. The rumbling got louder. It became thunderous. The man was living in terror. But as the noise got closer, he looked up behind him and saw a man driving a team of horses across the lake. The horse pulled a carriage that was loaded with a bunch of boxes, and it just went thundering across the ice. All of a sudden, <laughs> that man stood up, start walking, and then he start running. 
all of a sudden, that man that was so full of fear became a man full of confidence. He learned something about that ice. He learned that if it could hold a team of horses thundering across it, it could certainly hold him. If you want to have more confidence in God, then hang around somebody who's riding with God with a team of horses so that you'll know he can carry you with whatever you're facing. Find somebody who's been where you are and has experienced God's deliverance. Their story of faith should and will encourage you. There's a psalm that says, I, I, I kind of remember the words, if he carried the weight of the world upon his shoulders, then I know my God can carry you. If God carried the whole weight of the world upon his shoulders, then he can carry us. And sometimes in our situations, we're fearful just like that. We're fearful. And, and this man was hardly getting anywhere. Can you imagine inching hand and knees across his ice? Because he's feeling like the ice is going to, you know, open up and he's going to be swallowed up in this hole of water. But coming behind him. Now I'm going to tell you, uh, it said if you want to have this come, find somebody that's going with God. That's somebody that's been, can I say this about, about one of the things God showed me? There's great testimonies in this church. There's great testimonies. There's powerful testimonies of showing somebody that rolled across the ice <laughs> with God. Okay? But the problem that I see sometimes is what we'll say. But you don't know my situation. I can, I can preach on marriage talk on marriage, testify what me and Pastor David went through, Go, people will still say, but you don't know. You don't know my situation. Do you know why testimonies are declared in the house of the Lord? It's to give strength, to give power, to give a knowing that God can and God will and He does. And when we take those testimonies and we say, let the enemy do what he says, but you know what, that's not my situation. That's not, my, that's not how my situation is. God is saying, if he did it for you, wait a minute, how, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. Same God back there. How y'all seeing? Same, I don't know how that, but I love that song. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? Same God back then, same God right now. Okay? Don't devalue people's testimony. They're trying to help you get out. God's trying to help you get out. And you're steady more here. It's, trust is a must. When somebody's telling you their testimony of how they came out, how they made it through, how they got over, how they're still standing, and then you turn around and go, but that's not, that's not where I'm at. You don't know. What, God knows where you're at. God knows exactly where you're at. And that's why he has placed testimony. He has placed that security of testimony in the house of God. So that as people get up, you know what I would say? You should say, Lord, that's me. God, if you did it for them, you can do it for me. There's nothing too hard for you, God. Mine is no harder. You, there's, what do you say? There is nothing impossible. Nothing impossible. Nothing impossible. You guys, there's no team of horses you can follow if you're going to devalue the fact that they got across the lake. If you're going to devalue that and say, you got across the lake, but I got one more box than you do. (laughs) 
Come on. I got one more box than you do, and it's heavier than now the, now the cart is heavier, so I know I'm going. To. Does that make sense? No. God is saying testimony. He tells us to declare our testimony in the sanctuary, declare them so that we all would be strengthened, so that we would all go, wow, right there, right there. If it even sounds like what you're going through. Come on. If, you, if it even sounds like what you're going through, you need to say, God, I know you can. God, I know you can. God, I know. And get to the point that, like the Hebrew boy said, you know what they say? I know if he doesn't do it, I know he can. If he doesn't do it, I know he can. See, that's trust. If he doesn't do it, I know he can. If he lets me burn up, then I was supposed to burn up. See, sometimes in our lives we don't really realize that God is sovereign. God is all-knowing. God knows what's going on, and he can stop anything at any moment at any time. And he wants us to trust him to the fact that, you know what? My life is in your hands. My life is in your hands. I, I, what, as I said, if I perish, come on, let me perish. If I'm doing something for God and I'm moving in God's direction, if it's my time to go, it's my time. we got to get to that place or else all this talk that we're talking about, standing up, being a witness, standing up in these times where the world is encroaching on the church and standing up and saying, what well, does it, we ain't going to be able to do it. We're not going to be a, remember what I told you? This is boot camp. The learning that we learn in here has not even touched being persecuted like Paul talking about me. <laughs> I think to myself all the time, you know what, if this, if this is persecution, this is okay. Compared to the persecution of Paul, compared to back in them days where you got your head cut off, boiled in a pot of, of tea, you know, how they died in that, boiled to death, what? We don't, we don't even see any of that kind of stuff for, for professing Christ. One of the other things God told me is that you guys, while freedom is free, we need to seize the opportunity. Because right now, sometimes we don't recognize that freedom is free. It's free to speak about God. It's free to witness about God. We have that freedom. But while the opportunity is here, we need, what are we doing with our freedom? Because we're not doing too much with our freedom, that's why the world is encroaching in and saying what we can't do. Because we're not doing anything. If you don't do, if you become silent, the world becomes loud. Do you understand? And it's time for us to become loud because we trust in our God who said that if he is for us, who can be against us? And though a mighty army rise up against us, they cannot defeat us. That's what his word says. And so we should be bold and we should be loud and we should be courageous about the things of God in the time where freedom is free. Because some of us are going to think, oh, okay, when they, you know, uh, when we can't have church or when we can't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to witness for God. If you can't do it now, you won't do it then. You won't do it then. You, you think you're going to do it then, but if you can't do it now when there's no obvious persecution, what are you going to do when there's obvious persecution? Trust is a must. In, I want to trust, and I'm about to end, in, our, in his ability. We are to live in his ability and not our own. We are to live in his ability and not our own. I said again, we are to live in his ability and not our own. The word says a lot about God's ability. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 8 it says, And God is able to bless you abundantly. And I love this scripture. 
so that in all things, in all times, having all that you need, you abound in every good work. Don't this sound like a covering, abling God? He said that God is able to bless us that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you abound in every good work. In Ephesians 3 and 20, it says, Now to him who by, in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far above all that we dare to ask our things, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. You guys, when we really look at this, this is, the, this is our able God. Our able God is, he said, I can go way beyond what you're thinking. I go way beyond your highest dreams. I, he didn't say I'll do abundant, super abundantly above all that we can. Add. This is our God. This is the able God that we serve. Trust is a must. Trust is a must to believe that what I can't do, what I can't do, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what I ask or think. He'll put his superpower on it. Come on. There, is there anything too hard for God? Somebody says you can't come out. Is there anything too hard for God? Come on, there's so many things that, 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 that the enemy tries to put limitations on us where God says, I'm, able, I'm your able God. I'm your able God. Somebody, come on, we've got to have confidence in our able. He's an able God. I'm your able. I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly all that you can ask. It's just or even dream of. Oh, God, we got to get our trust in God. Because if we don't trust Him, we won't believe Him. If we don't trust Him, we won't believe Him. Do you hear what I'm saying? We won't believe His Word. And there's promises and there's privileges and there's things that, that's supposed to be ours. That if we would appropriate through faith, our lives would be so much. I came to give you life. And just life. I said, I came to give you life. But I hate living beneath my presence. I hate not having everything that God wants me to have. I don't know about you guys. I'm not satisfied with that. That's one place I'm not satisfied. Not to have everything that God's word says that I can have. I'm not satisfied. Not to have the strength, the power, the peace. To have the simplest. Some of us have, you know, simplest of peace, simplest of power. Power that God's talking about. To have the peace that passes all understanding. To have the peace that when all hell breaks loose. When everything, when when the earth all around me, that's what the, the sinking sand. Christ is solid. Come on, come on, come on. We got to want it, though. We can come into church and hear these words. We can hear these words. We can hear these words. And we can say amen with our mouth and still do not embrace what God is telling God is telling us, this is yours. This is yours. Could you just imagine trying to give somebody something and, and that you keep on saying, it's yours. It's yours. You can have it. Take it. It's yours. And, and, and they're kind of looking at you kind of like, mm. You know how we do, like, what? What's up? What's really up? What? What? 
you know, what, what do I have to pay? What's the cost? What's going with? God is saying, Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. Come on, you guys. Jesus paid it all. All that I would have peace. All that I would have power. All that I would have strength. All that I would have ability. He prayed it all that I could be walking in and imitating Him in this life. When He left, He wanted us to be imitators of Him. He wanted us to be walking around like little Jesuses. And they would see us doing... What did He say when He lived? He said, and when I go away, greater. greater. I don't know about y'all. Wait. That right there touches my spirit. God said, greater works shall you do. Greater. I can't even imagine greater. Come on. Can you imagine what he already did when he walked this earth? He said, but greater works shall you do because I go unto the Father. But I'm not going to do nothing greater if I don't believe in God. That my confidence is in, in him. Because as they were singing, he calls me out on the water. He's calling us out on the water every day. He's saying, go talk to that one. Go love on that one. Forgive that one. He's calling us out on the water. But we are like, I'm, I don't know about you, I don't want to be the other 11 sitting in the boat watching Peter walk. I don't want that for my life. I want to walk. Because I can't imagine them sitting on that boat seeing Peter walk out. Could you imagine? You're I even thought to myself, something stopped them because don't you kind of think if you saw somebody get out and start walking on the water, you'd be climbing over that boat too? Let me get in on that. Don't you think? You'd be, but, but it lets us know how unbelief and, and, and a lack of confidence can stop us, paralyze us from doing something that God already let us see can't be done. Can't be done. It can't, walking on the water can be done. If he bids you come, walking on the water can be done. In your life, if he bids you to do whatever it is, we got dreams, we got things that God is placing us, talents and skills, and what we're doing, we're still standing back. And God is saying, come, come. But because we don't have no trust, oh God, are you going to hold me up? Oh God, wonder if I get out there. Wonder if it's not as good as I think it is. Wonder if I can't do it. Like, and we're standing there and God is saying, come. Come, come. And God is, I'm telling you, some of you guys, you just need to put your leg over the boat. Come on. He delights in every small step. Don't, don't get immobilized where you don't do anything. Let him meet your one step. Because God will meet you as you start walking in faith. If I, if I put my leg over there, God honors that. And he's delighted in that. And he's meeting me. And he says, come on. Come on. God is the best cheerleader. You can do it. Come on. And as I take steps, and I begin to take steps, come on. And don't, as we're taking steps, allow the enemy to say, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Peter should said, I'm walking on the water. But his answer was, what am I doing? See, sometimes we don't understand that God is telling us to do something, and we begin to do it. And the enemy says, what are you doing? I watched, I watched um, Angelica this morning as God led her to walk in that anointing that's on her life. And it's been blessed by her walking out like she walked out. Do you know that the enemy don't play fair? That's 
why you got to trust is a must. The enemy be like, what you doing? What, Angelica, remember what? It says, despise not your youth. I'm putting that word in your spirit right now. Despise not your youth. Because the enemy will come and say, who you think you are? You're just a young person. Who? Despise not your youth. Lord, you bid me to come. Do we got, if you can use anything. You can, come on, some of us got to get that up in our spirit this morning. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Come on, we got to get up off these pews. We got so much stuff in this church. We got so many gifts. We got so many talents. We got so much things that God wants to use to show his greatness. That's what he wants to show his greatness. All of us, all of us using our gifts. But we're going to have to get up. And we're not going to see. Uh, I love how Monica said this morning, even if you fail. See, the confidence, everything in God's word showed us. The confidence is that Peter did go down. But the arm pulled him up. Come on. Come on. So why would we be afraid to move into something and allow the thought of failing to stop us when we know the hand of the Most High God is there and ready to pull us up? Walk on the water, you guys. Trust is a must. Trust is a must. Don't trust in man. It says don't put your confidence in man. Don't, uh, I love how David said, even that one that I walk with every day. See, you, man, you, I don't care how good, friend, close. David said, the man I walk with every, and had sweet communion in the temple. That man failed him. Man will fail us. And God said, don't put your confidence in man. Oh, come on this morning. You got to know in whom you believe. I said, you got to know in whom you believe. You believe in the Most High God. You believe in the Creator of heaven and earth. You believe the one that said, let there be, and there it was. Come on. That's who you believe in. That's who you trust in. The same Creative God, the same word that said, let there be light. Let there be stars. Let there be, let there be marriage. Let there be healing. Let there be truth. Say amen. Say, say words that we can speak over our lives. We can speak that over our lives. But we got to trust. And we can't keep equating what happened yesterday. God, you didn't come through for me. Do you know what? Most of the time that we say God didn't come through, we didn't come through. God is not a man that he would lie. God is not a man that he should lie. Say, God is not a man. Whatever he tells There's something in there that we need to look and see where we have dropped the ball of faith, dropped the ball of confidence and trust, Drop the ball of obedience. We need to look in there and see where it is because God cannot lie. And it's easier sometimes to blame God than to look at ourselves. But I tell you all day, if you never look at yourself, you're never coming out. You're never going to get your breakthrough if you don't look at yourself and see what God is trying to teach you in those times and saying, God, you are not a liar. You are, you are a God that's faithful to your word. So what is it? When's the last time we said, God, what is it that I'm not doing? Where is it, God, that I can be a little off or a lot off, not on at all? Where is it? When's the last time we asked God that? Are we still saying, God, you didn't do it for me. God, you don't love me. God, you don't want me to have this or that. You need to go back to the Word of God, and you need to find out what God wants for you to have. See, if you don't know what God wants for you to have, you can say that. 
but go back to the Word of God and find out what God wants for you to have so that you can appropriate His promises. If He carried the weight of the whole world, I know He can carry me. There's nothing as you stand. There's nothing too hard. There's nothing.